Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Malcolm Tucker as he travels to our nation's capital to use colorful expletives to start a war. Landing on episode number 296. We're just going to stay here and rehearse saying nothing. It's difficult, difficult, living difficult. <laughs> I'm Keith. What's wrong? Oh, <laughs> he's, saying nothing. he's rehearsing saying nothing. <laughs> he's well, sticking I, with it. I'm going to break it. I'm glad. He doesn't want to hear the wrath of Malcolm. So That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he scares me. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean. How are you guys? Scared of Malcolm. <laughs> you guys have a good week? I finally got around, or I actually got Holly around to watching Spectre. Oh, what'd you think? James Bond film. I enjoyed it. It was a blast. It's a lot of fun. I watched the last two episodes in the season of uh, Rebels with Mason today. Oh, what'd you think of the season finale? It was good. It was really good. It it didn't go quite where I thought it was going to go, but it was a real neat surprise when everybody shows up there at the end. And we realize finally that this was that they're just a cell of rebels, which is something they haven't been saying because yeah. they've been acting on their own. But uh, they finally getting the reveal of who uh, Fulcrum is, and when Bale shows Did up, you know and then that? Ahsoka comes down. I suspected it, knowing that Ahsoka was going to show up. Mm. So, I've got two episodes left of Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah, it is really good. We started that this week. What do you think of the? Oh, how far did you get? This we, one we just because we're, 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 we're doing it with Patrick, so we're going to have to suffer. We only get one episode a week. <laughs> I guess I better hurry up and finish, so I'm done for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I stalled out on this after the second episode. I haven't gone. I, I watched an episode at night because there's, there's only eight episodes, but then. Uh, Saturday night, I wound up watching two episodes because the cliffhanger for the episode five was so so good. Uh, so what you're saying going. is, in eight weeks, we'll get Sean's review. Of final series. final review of it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was good. I loved the feel of it. Um, a lot of nostalgia in there. I didn't get hooked off of episode one. Yeah. No, but it, I also didn't get hooked on Firefly after episode one. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> everything you're saying about episode one and and for me, episode two is the same. Is it's good, it's quite enjoyable. The thing I'm getting the most out of is the nostalgic feel, but I, I haven't been hooked by those two, and I think it's the reason I, it's been harder to go on. Um, I was but I was intrigued enough by by, by yeah. the premise to continue on and go. Okay, I'll watch episode. And I will. Three, I didn't give and up. And that's on the it. one that got its claw. Yeah. See, and so I'm encouraged by the fact that it sounds like it really picks up. So. And I'm kind of itching to finish it because oh <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's doing things that I didn't think it would do, and it's wow! It's some incredible storytelling. Let alone the music in it is phenomenal. Oh, it's so good! I'm kind of disappointed there's only eight episodes because I'm enjoying it so much. Well, maybe they'll do a season two. They are, and it's <laughs> going to be a sequel. Uh, and then we watched in the heart of the sea. Oh, the Hemsworth uh, yeah, yeah, whale movie. Yeah, <laughs> the whale movie. The, the whale real movie. story of Moby Dick. Well, partial real story. It only inspired part of Moby Dick. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. Forgot it was a Ron Howard film. Should have known because it was a serious film with Chris Hemsworth in it. <laughs> He's only done one other of those. <laughs> I think I read somewhere that the, the guy that that's based on loses his entire crew in his ship. He survives. Dude, I ain't seen it yet. Goes back to England. They commission him another ship. He goes out, loses that <laughs> ship and his entire crew. 
and ends up uh, like getting out of out of service to the to the crown and going and living on some island and, and dies destitute with no money. There's a bit more. And to I it thought, than that. why the heck are we doing a film on this guy? <laughs> well, <laughs> we lost two crews. <laughs> The, 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 movie, the movie focuses on the first crew. Yeah, the first that's, ship. that's what I've read. <laughs> With the big whale that's right. white. Right. Um, it's not everybody. He doesn't lose everyone. He does lose the ship, but it's so not they took really poetic license to uh, film then because according I mean, to the accounts, he lost every. No, he lost everybody on the second ship. He didn't lose it. You're oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Because the, there's Chris Hemsworth makes it through the movie. Well, no, because uh, it's Chris. Hemsworth. He's the only one that lives. Well, he's not the in, guy in the in the, in the, in the sequel. No, in the legend, but oh. Yeah, he he is played he, by Abraham he, Lincoln. He lives both times. So. <laughs> the vampire hunter. Oh, the act. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Spider Man does a good job in it. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Back up. <laughs> and Benjen Stark does a good job in it. So you're telling me <laughs> that Thor <laughs> and Spider Man go out whale hunting and Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln vampire hunter. Go out and hunt whales. Yes. I might have to watch this movie. <laughs> that should have been the title. In the heart of the why, sea, why on earth did this butts flop, and seats. Why on earth did this flop at the that's box the office? Title. I mean, and then Richie Cunningham directed it. In the, heart yeah. of, in the heart of the sea? That sounds like a Titanic documentary about the jewel. And it has Q in it. <laughs> he plays Herman Melville. Wait, Delancey's in it? No. From Bond. Desmond Llewellyn's in it? <laughs> From Spectre and oh, oh. Skyfall, Young Q. <laughs> well, I was going to run through them. Paddington. I mean, John Killies is in it? <laughs> Paddington Bear. <laughs> Does that make you R? <laughs> new, new Q. New Q. Oh. New Q. He's cool. He's not, he's, 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 he's not ben, the ben Lancey cool. Much better in this one, too. Spectre. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah. Something else I liked about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was, uh, the, the whale movie was pretty good. The whale movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about it that just I, I I can kind of see why it flopped because I didn't go out of that going wow that was incredible. I went out of that going well that was that. Not in a bad way, but it was all right. They should have called it Thor and Spider Man and Abraham Lincoln <laughs> hunt whales. People would have gone and it, seen that movie. Some parts of it were really hard to see, and some of the stuff they that happened in it is kind of disturbing. So uh, it's. Your reaction of, yeah, that happened, was my reaction to Master and Conqueror. Everybody thinks that oh. that's such a great film, and I went, eh, it happened. I, I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's, oh, it's Master got and a Commander. Great, Commander, not Conqueror. Yeah. Master and Commander. It's Russell Crowe and um, Vision. What's his name? Paul Bentley. Jarvis. Paul Bentley. And Bentley. Uh, and they do a great Gladiator job. Gladiator and Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Go on a boat trip. <laughs> That's got to be my new thing. <laughs> if, if I like Gladiator better, that would excite me. Uh, or Noah and... <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he has some boat experience then. Superman's dad. Jor-El. <laughs> this is a Robin fun, Hood? This is a fun game. I mean, <laughs> well, it's, all, it's all superheroes if you do it that way. Superman's yeah, dad and Vision. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I'm almost done with the story levels for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Let go of the Star Wars The Force Awakens. I introduced Sarah to the musical episode of Buffy, just because I was I've been I've been working my way through. You were bored, and I was ready for it. I watched uh, The Wind Rises, which What's that? it's a, another Studio Ghibli film because we've kind of slowly been working our way through those, and we kind of keep hoping to find the next Ponyo uh, that Katrina loves. I don't know, Ponyo is wonderful, and um, this one it, it's this was equally wonderful. 
just not for Katrina. Um, it's um, an autobiographical auto, uh, film about uh, a, a Japanese aircraft designer. Hmm. I mean, if it was live action, you got Spielberg and Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of. It's or Richie Cunningham. Or Richie Cunningham. It's really good, but it is. But Don, Daniel D. Lewis hasn't played a uh, superhero, so we can't uh, <laughs> we can't play our <laughs> game with that I one. Can't do that one. Uh, but it, it's it's really good. It was worth watching. And then Mel and I started well, we started a couple weeks back our uh, next gen rewatch, and we're already up to uh, we just tonight finished Angel One, which I realized is an episode that I, I I know I've seen all of these episodes at one point in time. I remembered nothing about it, so it was kind of like huh. oh, it's it's new Star Trek to me. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to feedback? Let's move on to feedback. Our first bit of feedback comes from Kirk. And Kirk writes, The Curse of the Forgotten Feedback. <laughs> hey, Vortex Gang. I had the best of intentions. Really? I intended to send feedback for the Macro Terror last week. I watched a loose cannon reconstruction. I read the novel Target Novelization. Then I completely forgot to write my feedback. Aww. Under the principle of better late than never, I'll share my thoughts now. Yay! Listeners, it's always better late than never. Always better late than never. This was my first experience with the Macro Terror. My main takeaway was that it seemed underdeveloped. <laughs> I didn't have, I don't have any major gripes. I just had a feeling, had the feeling that there weren't much special, there wasn't much special going on. The supporting characters weren't very well fleshed out. The TARDIS team barely interacts with the monsters. I found the whole affair to be simple and by the numbers. I think it's telling that the production team didn't even bother to give the planet a name. Okay. I can see that. I, I, I can. <laughs> As the wise men say, any who is a good who. But there's there's nothing wrong with the macro terror, but I guess my forgetting to send feedback, I, or by my forgetting to send feedback, I demonstrated my opinion that it's fairly forgettable. There's no sad trombone for me, but I would give it a low volume dun dun dun. There was one notable difference. I in think your dun 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 was a little too emphatic for him. Maybe. <laughs> lowercase dun, lowercase dun, all caps dun. Dun dun dun. Yeah. There was one notable difference in the novelization that I liked. Instead of having Medoc disappear from the story after being dragged away by a macra, he turns up on the surface at the end to watch the Doctor and crew go into the TARDIS and disappear. Since Medoc was such a big part of the earlier episodes, it seems fitting to have him bookend the story with this closing bit. As far as the macra's appearance in Gridlock, I always enjoyed that story a lot. The poor macra, however, have de-evolved from lurking super-intelligent overlords into bottom-feeding vermin. What a downfall. Look upon my work, she mighty, and despair. <laughs> I've only listened to the first part of this week's podcast. I really enjoyed Brenda's accounts of the uh, Brenda's account of the Tudor monarchs and other English queens. She skipped over one queen who was a curious footnote. Lady Jane Grey, the Nine Days Queen. Lady Jane was briefly the de facto monarch of England and Ireland between the reign of Edward the Sixth and Bloody Mary. Now I'm only really mentioning it mentioning her to sneak in a recommendation for the 1986 movie Lady Jane, starring a very young Helena Bonham Carter and an almost as young Carrie Elways. I said that right, right? Elways? Yes. Okay. It's been ages since I've seen it, but I remember enjoying it a lot. And it's not just because it's my first encounter with Helena Bonham Carter. I'll wrap it up with a bit of news. By the time this episode it's the feeds, the dates for next year's planet 
Comic-Con Kansas City will be announced. Look forward to seeing you guys and many Vortex listeners as possible at the show on April 28th, 29th, and 30th, 2017. Happy TARDIS travels, Kirk. It's twofold. It's news and feedback. That's right. Um, Glad we did it first. Speaking of uh, Better Late Than Never, well, something else I did this week. I watched Better Late Than Never. What's that? That uh, Shatner and oh. Henry Winkler and George <laughs> oh, Foreman. And, oh, my gosh. That is the funniest thing on television right now. It is so good. It's Captain Kirk the Fonz and <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. And it's so funny, guys. You, I, I, I'm not going to go into it because we've already done what we did this week. But you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. It is so much fun. Those guys genuinely they, they bicker at each other. But they genuinely look like they're best of friends having a grand time in Asia. I will have to look it up. <laughs> I can't remember the comedian that's their guide and sidekick's name, but he's, I think it's Dave something. <laughs> There's one scene where Terry Bradshaw's mouthing off in a guy? bar. Uh, not Stephen Fry. No, that's not Stephen Fry. Okay, then he's not in it. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's mouthing off in a bar, and the guy said, the guy who describes Terry Bradshaw, I told you I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Bradshaw says, you know, Terry Bradshaw, when he's had a beer, he'll say just about anything. He says, imagine... Your grandpa, who, you know, just says things and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it, yeah, granddad. He says, now imagine Terry Bradshaw is your grandfather. Now imagine you took your grandfather to Asia. <laughs> it's, 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 it's lots of little things like that. It's so well done. And it's cut together beautifully. So, Do they go into how these guys know each other? Not necessarily. I mean, I'm just at the, curious. At the beginning, it's... they start out with uh, Henry calling up uh, everybody and saying, "Hey, let's go to Asia," type thing. So it, it seems like there's a little bit of scripting done, but overall, it, it's I think it's genuinely their experiences that's being captured while they're in Asia. So I do know that Henry Winkler and William Shatner are good friends in real life. They hang together a lot. Um, I get the impression that none of them have been to Japan. So, which is surprising for you know for actors who have money and and none of them seem to have been to Japan. At least uh, William Shatner kind of makes the comment that he'd never been there. I think uh, Henry Winkler had because in fact he gets to the train station and tons of people recognize who he is as Fonz. And so I think he, Happy Days was pretty popular over there. Anyway, we're done. We're going back to feedback because <laughs> uh, we we got our portion of the show out of the way and now I'm hijacking the show again. But watch that show; it's funny. Well, thank you, Kirk. I'm glad you sent some feedback in. And once again, the uh, dates for next year's Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. So please come join us. No guest announcements yet. That's okay. It's going to be worth it no matter what. Oh, yeah. Can we all make a prediction? We're going to be there? Well, no. I, 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 <laughs> this just in, first guest announcement for Planet Comic Con 2017, Traveling the Vortex. Can, can we all make our own prediction? Just throw one out there? I, I guess. It might be a wish list prediction. but Sam Jones. How about you? Uh, hold on. You sprung this on me. I'm thinking. Mark Hamill. That'd be awesome. That might be tough. I'll go again. You got another one? You got one yet? <laughs> David Warner. <gasps> oh, yes. I knew I'd get you guys on that one. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with David Warner. Oh, wait, I'm doing this wrong. Um, Flash Gordon. <laughs> Flash. Luke Barry Skywalker. Allen, Grant Gustin. And I can't just pick one for David Warner. 
the ultimate evil. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really hard to get him. Yeah, what was Stark's him? first name in Tron? Dillinger. Dillinger, yeah. I just called him Stark. <laughs> I, think, I think it's actually Sark. So, that's what Sark, I meant. I was, I was crossing Iron Man in my yeah. head. Yeah, Sark. Sark. Or we go with Jack the Ripper. Or we could go <laughs> Lovejoy. Or we could go with... Uh, Up next in feedback is Mark. Wait, was uh, was David Warner really your guess? Yeah, I'm saying that. Are you going to give us one? I went with a logical or probable or doable guest that's doing cons now. Is David Warner doing cons? Yeah, he's been doing yeah. cons. David Warner. David Warner. Um, Kirk, make it happen. <laughs> Please. There it is. Okay. You threw me. I wasn't expecting Mark to be next. <laughs> I had to look that one up. Um, Mark writes, Bat Soup. Gents, I've been binge listening to the pod today, been saving for a binge listen. What can I say? Netflix cha- changed how I consume content. <laughs> the Batman vs. Superman ep is a joy to listen to. Geeks are geeks are geeks. This film got a lot of hate for superficial reasons, but to hear an actual, intelligent discussion about it and its strengths and weaknesses, this is why I love your podcast. My own take on the film was formed on second viewing. My partner hated it the first time around. Second time, we took her son to see it, and she loved it. Why? Because of the length she'd missed... Because of the length, she'd missed certain bits from the first time. She also loved the subtle elements Bruce making Alfred a drink. For me, Superman never worked in any film. I have certain dislikes when it comes to TV and film. Robin Hood, I'm from Nottingham, by the way, westerns, and Superman. So I was always going to dislike that part of the film. But Batman, wow. For once, we saw the detective side of him. We saw his toys. Seriously, the smoke bomb and disappearing trick was done so well, it was hardly noticeable. My son has a theory that the only winner in the film was Wonder Woman. For him, Batman did nothing during the boss battle. Superman dies. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> Wonder Woman just kicked ass and won the day. Needless to say, they got a new Wonder Woman fan with this film. At the age of 16, he is untainted by the TV series, so this is a new generation's Wonder Woman, and she is apparent. She is amazing, apparently. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Cheers, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Good to hear from you again. We, we, we hope to be able to put out... Um, more of this style uh, intelligent discussion on movies uh, with a project that I'm not prepared to announce yet, but <laughs> it may be coming. Is that your teaser? That's, that's my teaser. <laughs> if you go trailer to his to YouTube soon. channel, you might see a trailer for it. There, there is a trailer. <laughs> up, <but. laughs> so this is the teaser for the trailer. This is the teaser for the trailer. Which has already come out. Which has already come out. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey wobbly. <laughs> And maybe maybe Glenn will take and edit out all of the stuff that happened in the what we did this week, and we can do a second side trip. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will write in on that one. Up Thank next, you again, Mark. Yes, thanks, Mark. Up next in feedback is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, "Beyond Beyond the Doctor, dear Vortex Boys, woohoo! Two feedback emails in two weeks. I'm oh on a roll." My. I didn't get a watch in the loop this week. It's on my to-do list, but I did have an idea for you guys for more Beyond the Doctor type reviews. <laughs> you could try moving on to companion actors and seeing the other things that they've been in. 
Now, I know that's a lot of companions to cover, but you wouldn't have to do them in sequence once a month like you did with the Doctors. Maybe when you want to change things up a bit, you decide you want to slot in a Beyond the Doctor companion edition every now and then. I know that I've watched quite a few things, and I see an actor or actress, and I I realize I've seen them in Doctor Who. It's kind of an exciting thing, plus I've enjoyed broadening my film-slash-TV horizons by following your series, and it would be fun to continue that in some way. Of course, this is just an idea, and you can decide to do it or not. Just wanted to throw it out there. Have a good week. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. It's a good idea. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, we're, Chrissy. We're, we're, we're laughing, Chrissy, because we had a discussion off mic last week about how Glenn was so happy to be done with this. And Keith said, well, I don't know. I kind of thought it was fun. Maybe we could do Companions next. <laughs> well, I think I said that first, and then Glenn said, well, no, I'm kind of done with it." Oh, this. is that what it was? <laughs> Vice versa. But I think it's a stellar idea, and it's something we we'll keep I, in the wheelhouse. And for, I agree with Chrissy. It doesn't have to be a monthly thing. doesn't have to be a monthly thing. I'd love to see uh, Elizabeth Sladen in something other than Sarah, uh, Sarah Jane. That's me. Never say never again. Is that a Bond film? It is a Bond film. <laughs> is she in that? <laughs> But there might be some Doctor Who actors in it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to go there. So there is a Doctor Who actor in that. It's it's real obscure. It's real obscure. It wasn't a companion. He actually actually played a version of the Doctor. Rowan Atkinson. That's the one. <laughs> he's in Never Say yeah. Never Again. Yeah, he's the. Uh, he's kind of M's. Uh, every man, you know, he kind of he's the one that I don't even know how to describe the character. He's kind of the uh, <laughs> his assistant. Kinda, yeah, his assistant. He's he plays him as assistant. He's kind of. I I got to go back and look for that. He's kind of the money penny to. You know, we play. we even watched that one when we did our grand rewatch before Skyfall came. He's not out. in it much. He's in it at the beginning and at the end, but yeah. Hmm. Well, if you want to send us feedback, you can send it to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and there's a little send us feedback tab. You should get a confirmation email when your email goes through. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Facebook and social media and other forms of social media like Twitter and Instagram, either travelingthevortex or at travelvortex. You can track us down there. And we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Should we remove on to our review? Remove on? Remove on to our review. Of Shouldn't in- it be remove on to our view? <laughs> in the loop. Peter Capaldi stars as a foul-mouthed British government spokesman who must act quickly when a mid-level minister tells an interviewer that the U.S. war in the Middle East is unforeseeable. But when they both are summoned to Washington, D.C., the hapless politico quickly becomes a pawn of bureaucrats, spin doctors, and military advisors, including a hardened general. That's it. That's it? (laughs) And then it starts going into uh, actors and reviews. So, The Sopranos guy, (laughs) Doctor Who, no. Uh, Uh, Dharma's mom. (laughs) The girl girl from from My Girl. girl. And Veep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which I, interestingly enough, I think Veep. she plays the same type of character she in does, Veep she as does. she does in this. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. liked this one. Dun, dun, dun. 
Now, I, I come from having watched the series The Thick of It. So this it, is It makes very me want to go watch The Thick of It. Let me let me it, warn you. Speaking of Veep, it's very interesting because it's done in the same style. Yeah, Veep is actually the was born out of the thick. I wonder if it was. Yeah, it, it it supposedly is the American the American version. Um, I, I will warn you if you go watch the thick of it, you're going to see a lot of the same actors, but not playing the same characters. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's uh, Malcolm Tucker and uh, Jamie McDonald, who's the coolest man in Scotland, the press secretary guy. They're actually destroyer of fax machines. They're yes, <laughs> they're playing their same characters from the thick of it, the exact same characters. But uh, people like uh, Chris Addison is uh, playing a completely different character. Although mm-hmm. Toby is very much like his character in Thick of It, it's a completely different character. This was kind of a this is they they call this an adaptation. So it's not really a continuation or a sequel. It's an adaptation of of the thick of it. So okay, so that that, that actually explains that's a good, that's a good a lot description for, me, for yeah. it. The uh, the guy that pl- that has the music always playing in his office, the operatic mu- music and, and orchestration, uh, uh, orchestral music in his office. He's also a different character in the thick of it. Uh, of course, then there's a lot of American actors in this that aren't in yeah uh, the thick yeah. of it. So Tom Hollander's character, the mid-level um, minister. Simon Foster. Simon Foster is not the minister that Malcolm would be overseeing. In. Well, he would oversee all the ministers because he's the communications ma- uh, he's director the for, the prime for the prime minister. Gotcha. So okay. he's the CJ. Everybody that has been appointed by the prime minister is essentially managed by T- uh, Malcolm Tucker. Uh, anything that they say, anything that the same, anything that would look poorly or speak from the office of the prime minister, Malcolm's going to get his nose in, and he does every time. Even in the series, he gets his nose into everybody, making sure that everybody's making <laughs> the prime minister look good. Yeah. Cool. I want that job. The Josh Ernest of England. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, that's the of. closest yeah. comparison yeah, there could of. be. Sort of. I don't know who Josh Ernest is. <laughs> He's the, uh, the White House press secretary. secretary. Yeah. Oh, we have one of those? We do. We have a press secretary. Does he swear a lot? And he does no. not. He's a pretty mild-mannered guy, too. Not, he's from he's, Kansas City. He's not a very... Really? Yeah. yeah. He, Missouri. He's a big Royals fan. What's his name? Josh, Josh Ernest. Ernest. Coming for your job, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's who uh, yeah. Allison Janney played in the West Wing. I haven't watched he's that very either. Very un, un- Malcolm Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> very un- <laughs> Um, what I found fascinating about the uh, first of all, it's a comedy, but it's a very dry, sardonic. It is a English dark, dry, it's and dark. <laughs> and and as it as it progresses, that we go from this very relatively innocent comment about war being unforeseeable, <laughs> which just sounds bad. I mean, when you say it, war is unforeseeable. Oh man! I but when you break that sentence down, it's. It, as he says, it's unforeseeable. We cannot foresee it. <laughs> that That's the meaning of the word. That's not how the press takes it. So he, he goes from that and then gets pinned down on the climb the mountain of conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Which even I was going, oh, that's not good. It's, just, it's great because when he gets to the Why U.S. and the they've line. got like bumper stickers and posters up on walls and say it. <laughs> Motivational signs and... And 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 sadly, isn't it just like us to take that and run with it as a yeah yeah? Um, but we, we you, you get all the way to the end of the, I'm just I'm just gonna cut to, I'm gonna cut to the chase. I'm gonna get to the end of it. 
the, the the fact that this innocent comment then begins spawning people to go, well, what? Or is, is there a war? Are we going to go to war? And all of a sudden, there are committees being formed, and there are, uh, you know, everything <laughs> begins for preparation. <laughs> everything begins to escalate, planning for this war that I don't think anybody had planned for, except for this one guy who made a comment about not having a war. So we get to the end of the movie, and the only people who survive this ordeal are the general, who didn't want to go to war, but he's going to go to war because he's a general, the one U.S. politician who definitely wanted a war, who pushed the war. and Malcolm Tucker, who, who tried to prevent it, who did everything in his power to try and prevent it until it became very evident it wasn't going to happen, and then actively promoted it and spinned it and said, spun it and, and said, yeah, spend it, and said, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to be on the right side of this war. And the poor guy who didn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> Just because of a wall. Forced to resign. That's, that's the neat thing about this story, is the fact that he's caught up in this conflict. He's caught up of, in wanting to be a bigger role than he is, inadvertently getting into that bigger role. And then what really kind of uh, self-destructs is the fact that it it comes something down as basic as something happening in his own constituency and it's an excuse for him to them to fire him yeah because he's not walking the line because the wall fell (laughs) on the poor woman the constituency wall (laughs) i am the walrus Uh, it's it, it, it's very much in line with the same style that they do in in uh, the the TV show The Thick of It. It uh, I I really like how it's one of those films that nothing goes right. Really, I mean, it doesn't turn out the way you expect a Hollywood movie to turn out. Um, it's played with it's played some things very tongue in cheek while remaining serious through the entire thing. The 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 the, the thought the the plot and the story thread staying very serious but but playing farcical with with all of the elements of it. Um uh, I I do know that when the movie was getting ready to come out, it was right at the beginning of Obama's term and they were concerned that it would play well in the UK mm-hmm. but it would not play well in America because America had a different idea for where they wanted politics and that this was very much in line with the previous administration of George W Bush and in fact probably more so parodied things that happened leading up to the Iraq war yeah and so they didn't think it would play well and it didn't do as well over here but it got critical acclaim over here and it actually was uh nominated for a best adapted screenplay uh at at the oscars one year it didn't win but it was it was nominated so um it i have always liked chris addison in everything that i've seen i liked him on doctor who i liked him uh in skins i liked him on the thick of it and every time that i've seen him he to me, I first saw him in the role on the thick of it that he plays, and it's very similar to the Toby character in this film, and that's the way I always pictured Chris Addison, mm-hmm. and thought that that was probably just a typecast, and that's how he would always play. But I, every time I see him in something different, he is so drastically different of a character, and I, I just I'm amazed at his ap- acting chops because he really looks like a character actor, but every time he steps into a different role. It's completely different, and and uh, whether he's the smarmy salesman type selling heaven in uh, 
Doctor Who, <laughs> or in uh, Skins, he plays the. Uh, it, it would be our equivalent of a principal of a school, like the headmaster of the school is, uh-huh. is what he plays over there. And at one point in that particular story, he has a very, very dramatic part uh, that really gets a chance to see his emotion. And so then to turn around and go back and watch this again and see that same character <laughs> from the thing again, it was like, wow, this, this guy's range is just incredible. What was also surprising was to see Anna Klumsky pop up who i haven't seen since my girl too i suppose yeah. didn't know she was even still acting to see her pop up in this and play that character very very well yeah. um and and james gandolfini oh my gosh he oh is, he was so he, great he's he's my favorite character in this movie because i buy every word he says in this film and it's not the the gangster boss even though he has kind of the temperament sometimes, I think. He's not the the boss, the uh, mafia boss that he plays in The Sopranos. And he seems to be the one with the most grounded, common sense reality of everything. Even more so than uh, Mimi Kennedy, the gal that's <laughs> trying not to <laughs> send America to war. by And then ended up resigning at the end. But... Um, who who is a very her character's perfect too though you know what yeah, I mean it's it really it's like is. that's that grounding character as well but James Gandolfini just, I wish I he'd have gotten an Oscar for this because he he was so good you're, you're, you're talking the um, the older lady yes Dharma's mom Dharma's mom Dharma's okay. mom yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that's the only thing I've ever seen her in I don't know that I can say grounded because her one thing <laughs> well, was there's a committee I got to be on it. Uh, and I don't know if it was even necessarily about stopping a war, as it was about I want to be on a committee. Political power. That's well, where I got I, I think it. it was maybe not. I, I think it was more than just want to be on the committee. I want to be on the other side on the committee. Is what it seems to come down to. Is it? maybe, but I don't think that she was necessarily as wholeheartedly against the war as James Gandolfini's character, the, the general, was. But she was certainly going to be the exact opposite of the uh, assistant secretary of defense she, no matter what she was going to be on the other side of that so yeah but that just <laughs> but again one of those characters that you you care for <laughs> because those offices next well to each other like well, that. one happen. of the people that you sort of care for because you, i think the viewers meant to come down on the side of of we don't want to go to war. It's a bad idea. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're not you're not rooting for we're, the groups rooting, that are trying to orchestrate a war. Guy. Exactly. <laughs> Whoever's so, on the other side is fine. Side Anybody but this guy. So, I really like the put put story arc throughout the story movie. <laughs> and now she wrote this paper, and it just <laughs> Chad always coming around. <laughs> I smell lobster. <laughs> I really wanted somebody to give him his gumuppins, though, until the end when I thought, you know, this guy is just a weasel who's oh, riding yeah. the coattails of anybody he can ride. Absolutely. And then you kind of have a little bit of sympathy for him because you're like, okay, I see you've got your, your motivations have been the same through this entire show. <laughs> Did you, you don't care about movie. anything but Did you that? happen to watch through the credits as they roll yes, the, the yeah, additional scenes yeah. where they're uh, playing chess or whatever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you may wind up with Secretary of State someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God, please no. I think one of the best scenes is when uh, the assistant secretary ends up setting Malcolm up with the uh, 23-year-old guy in the office that's supposed to go there and vet his 
<laughs> he's just berating because he's, he's so young. <laughs> Junior. I'm thinking he's an intern or something. It's, just, it's so funny. Your assistant's going to bring me coffee. <laughs> I don't know why, but it, this is at the end also, but it really made me laugh that they got so upset that I Heart Huckabees was on the DVD <laughs> list. I don't know why, but I think I laughed the hardest at that. Why is I Heart Huckabees <laughs> on the list of DVDs for the troops? <laughs> uh, I was cracking up and Sarah was like, why is that funny? I'm like, I don't know, but I, it just strikes me just right. It's, it's another absurdity. It's, absurdity. it's a terrible movie. It is a terrible movie. I don't know if I go terrible. Oh, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> Um, the the funny part, but also of that is, also a, a farce, which oh, I think yeah. is, is the parallel. It's, yeah. it's it's such a dark comedy and a farce that it it's almost well, meta, and, <laughs> and and it's an existential film yes, too. So yes. it's why would film why would soldiers? Do, that's not something they should be watching. No, that isn't something they should be watching while they're overseas fighting a war. That's like sending the stranger over for them to read. <laughs> right, no, right, no. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the joke is not even so much that they do the why is this even on the list the joke is the that, fact that it's on the list <laughs> well the, the joke is that later the guy's on the phone going i had this guy come over now there's a committee about this why is this on the list <laughs> <laughs> i got chewed out today by the assistant whatever his title was steve, steve coogan is the constituent that's worried about the wall <laughs> I love Steve Coogan. I wish he could have been in this more. Yeah. He's, he's he a, had he the, the greatest cover. timing. He does make the cover, which is strange because he's not in it much. Toby's not on the cover. Yeah, isn't that weird? I, I think they well, went with recognizable actors, though, especially if that's oh, a yeah. North American release. Because Toby and Simon Foster are on the right, cover. Right, right. So I think that, that is geared towards the American release. I bet if you saw the British release, you'd probably see other actors on the cover of that. But just the fact that every time he called about the wall, they were in the middle of something really <laughs> important, like not going to war. Yeah, <laughs> there's the wall. Oh, the uh, the the secretary gal that's uh, the with, with her arm in a sling, and, mm-hmm. and she's the one that's mm-hmm. kind of dealing with all of this firsthand. She's also in the thick of it as a different character as well. So I forgot that she was in that as well. Oh, and in the uh, the ambassador. The bald guy. Bald guy <laughs> I had the laughter. Is that. is in the thick of it, but his character is very similar as oh. well to the character that he plays in the thick of it, and that's the guy that plays the Dark Eyes Master. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was chuckling about. <laughs> oh look, it's the Doctor and the Master, and the Doctor is really ripping the Master a new one. <laughs> Go in. There. You got you to delay it. You got to delay the. You got to delay the. No, you, you got to first. You got to move it up. You got to move the. You got to move the. Uh, <laughs> Got to move the vote up. I can't do that. You can't just you got to move. There's, there's a process. going in the room. Okay, well, uh, gentlemen, uh, there's a <laughs> just on a laugh. Just what if we did it this laugh. way? <laughs> and then <laughs> Tucker comes back and says, "You got to delay it." I said, "Okay, good job, but you got to delay it." I just <laughs> just moved it up. That's, I won't do it. I can't. No, I won't do it. And then the next scene is him opening the door. Um, well, you know, <laughs> something's come up. Oh, such a man! That was so good. Peter Capaldi in it was pretty much what I expected from my, the descriptions I've heard of him just constantly berating people. Yeah. Oh, in fact, the moment when uh, oh, sorry, ouch! <laughs> the moment when uh, it's sometimes very uncomfortable. He actually scales back a little bit with Simon to kind of do the reverse psychology is almost more unsettling. Yes. <laughs> you're yes. like, 
What's he? What, what's he doing? He's being nice. What the, what's going on here? I I knew. So the, Sean pulled up the UK DVD cover. That loud crash you heard was uh, me trying to. It's it's got Gandolfini, Chumsley, Simon Foster, because I don't know uh, Tom Holland or the actor uh, Peter Capaldi and Steve Coogan on the cover. Okay, well Coogan would be on both, yeah, for sure. But otherwise, it's the same artwork, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But Gandolfini's on the spine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's on the spine here, too. Oh, weird. Well, that, that was right in the days of... That's the Soprano. Yeah, life. Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, that's, that was playing on both sides of the Atlantic so, at the time. He, um, with, with I, I knew Malcolm Tucker swore. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he swore a lot. I didn't know he invented so many curse words. I've seen some of the clips and didn't realize they were from this as opposed to Thick of It. Oh, he cusses more in the Thick of It. A lot more in the Thick of It. I was not prepared (laughs) (laughs) for the onslaught of swear words. And I'm not not a prude about that kind of stuff. I. You know. Why do you think I kept saying every time I watch the Doctor when he first started in Series Nine, and I went, I kept, I keep expecting something foul to come out of his mouth because he still has a bit of the same demeanor as the Doctor, yeah. but there's no curse words. It's like Malcolm Tucker without curse words, and it's, it was, it was, it was unsettling the other way to me that I was, I kept expecting the words to come out of his mouth. <laughs> well, Sarah and I were talking after we watched it, and she was like, I could totally see Capaldi's Doctor dropping those curse words in there. <laughs> And heavens or hell bent. Planet of the pudding heads. Or pudding brain. Pudding brain. <laughs> Heaven sent wasn't the best <laughs> to show the range between the doctor and him and Malcolm Tucker because he's so mad during most of, <laughs> of, of that story. Just wanted good acting. <laughs> oh, I, and it, it's great. It's great acting. It's, yeah, I think if we wanted range, we should have shown Paddington instead. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's very. Because he's real different. He's. he's He's very low key in Paddington. <laughs> um, yeah, just <laughs> one after another, after another. <laughs> and the, the tirades and the the rants and the um, <laughs> but never a dull moment, always entertaining. Oh, and I, in fact, when they went to America. And he wasn't there. I was a little sad. Like for me, that was a, a, a whole of a sudden a, a lull in the film because it's like, "Where's Malcolm?" And then Malcolm shows up, <laughs> and Toby's reaction. <laughs> but <laughs> and then later, when they go back to New York, and he's like, "I just want to sit in the car. I don't want to talk about it with her. I want to sit in the car and talk about resigning with you." And it cuts to the scene, and Malcolm's in the car. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> Well, the, the nice thing about getting away from Tucker is then we get the misadventures of Simon and Toby. <laughs> <laughs> and how they're trying to circumvent, uh, was it Judy? Was that the, the, the gal that they yeah. left behind? He says, yeah. you go, go, <laughs> I think, I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking on this one, we, we go without Judy. We leave Judy out. Just you and me. We go out. He said, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely it's great. So government, so you much, do it. So much better. And then he goes, okay, go tell Judy she's not going. <laughs> that's exactly how it works. And the look on Toby's face is like, ah, crud. <laughs> <laughs> and, and which, which plays in so nicely with the end that you know we're gonna do all this stuff without judy we're gonna try and circumvent judy toby's actively gunning for judy's job oh i think judy's the one that leaked this i think judy's wanted to did you ask judy about that 
Judy got to keep her job at the end. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she tells the new guy to put his stuff on Toby's desk. And then Toby drops it on the floor. <laughs> uh, I guess we don't know if Toby didn't make it or not. Because Malcolm oh, did tell him, I own you. Yeah, yeah I kind of got the, the impression forward, that so. he went to go oh, work I'm for sure, Malcolm. I'm sure Toby went to another office where Malcolm was more <laughs> involved with what he was doing. If it wasn't for Toby, it wouldn't have got leaked. That's <laughs> true. Although you never really get the impression of who actually did the leak. Because he tried to give it to the girlfriend who found out that he'd been sleeping around on her when he was in America. And it's just left there. And she's real adamant about, no, she's not going to do it. And then when it does leak and what's-his-name comes in the office, they see, they both seem very surprised that Although I thought he kind of played it more like, uh, yeah, it's me, but I'm not going to fully admit to it. Her, her boss. Her boss. Uh, yeah, maybe. Who kind of admitted Classical to it. Classical music guy. Yeah, well, he did admit guy. to it, but they it were both me, surprised. And what makes me think that neither one of them leaked it was they really believed that it leaked out of that fax machine. Fax machine. <laughs> That's true. And he divulged his later. No, it was an email. email. I don't use his fax machine anymore. <laughs> it was just a target of aggression. Or I, I can't kick the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really get the impression that they left that ambiguous on purpose. That being said, then... Um, Toby, Toby is, terrible, is terrible definitely his job. D- Toby's definitely the one that tipped off CNN, and he completely <laughs> did not mean to do that. No, he really did. He kept calling his friend from CNN. Well, aren't you CNN? Surely you know about this committee. <laughs> <laughs> <Do all laughs> when he go the next day, I go, "Why is CNN here? How did they know about this?" <laughs> while, while, while we were watching it, when he was trying to leak the Whip Whip paper. Sarah was like, "Why is he trying to leak? Why is he leaking so much stuff?" I'm like, "Well, I don't think the first one was entirely on purpose." <laughs> no, the, the, no. the, the Pippin paper was the, the CNN second, leak was no. not intentional. He was just utilizing a friend from college. <laughs> I, 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 while the, that hotel stuff kind of went down for you, Sean, because Malcolm Tucker wasn't there. Oh, it was still funny. I, I really enjoyed it. Especially when they're sitting on the bed without their pants on watching something about sharks. Or right something. after he was bemoaning that he didn't want to stay in the hotel watching a, hotel, a shark documentary, and then he's engrossed. Because, because he wouldn't have been able to get away with watching porn. Yeah. And then he gets so engrossed, and Malcolm changes it, and I was watching that. <laughs> he was really he didn't just change the channel. He just turned it off, didn't he? No, no he switched he, over to some news channel. Oh, he did. Yeah, probably CNN. There was a yeah. tank on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> right. but um, <laughs> that's a funny movie. Peter Capaldi is. That's what we need to do. We need we, to drill we, down. We, we, let's drill down to Peter, Peter now. PCAP. PCAP is wonderful in this, and. Um, while the range may not have been there, it really makes me want to watch more stuff that he's in. I want to see mm-hmm. him as Cardinal Richelieu now yeah. in The Three Musketeers. Oh, yeah. I want to see... Um, I just blanked on uh, the other thing I was aware of that he was in other than... Paddington? <laughs> well, I want to see Paddington. <laughs> um, I liked him in World War Z, although it was a small part. <laughs> um, Who, Doctor? <laughs> he uh, apparently he's, he's in the fifth estate. Yeah, yeah. He's also in a few episodes of Skins. I think he's in two or three. He plays one of the kids' dad in the second season. I want to watch it. I want to watch the thick of it. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, 
I, I, I enjoyed him so much, and I, it, it's looking back on because since this is the capstone of the Beyond the Doctor series, I've enjoyed stuff that they've been in, and I've enjoyed their performances in these things. But I, I, I'm kind of hard pressed to think of one particular Doctor that, acting wise, grabbed me the way that Capaldi did in this and made me this excited to go and watch more of his stuff. Yeah. I mean, just just really, really actively seek out. Because Peter Capaldi's in it, yeah. Um, with, with with all the rest of them, they've been fun, but it still felt a little bit like homework, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, we've got to watch this, and 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 this one now it's like I'm ready to do more homework. How often do you say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I would concur wholeheartedly. Really? Uh, yes. Sarah like it too. Uh, she not so much. Not so much. <laughs> I think the cur- the language and the cursing was a bit too much for her. Mel kind of zoned out about halfway through too and began cleaning the kitchen. I mean, she was still listening to it, and I could still hear her laughing in the kitchen as she was listening to the things that were going on. I, I think but it was just too dark of a comedy for Sarah. I, I think that was the problem for <laughs> Mel as well. Because it's dark comedy. Those are kind of acquired tastes. You have to really yeah, and you got to be in the right mood for them too. Yeah. Going, I don't understand I, I, any of the words coming out of your mouth. At the I'm, moment. No, I, I, I'm always in the mood for dark. Yeah, movies. I was going to say, I, I, that's one of those things. I that, live in dark comedy. I, I hear a lot of people say that. that you know, you kind of have to be in the mood for dark comedy. I can't think of a time that I watched dark comedy that I thought, ah, this really wasn't a mood for that. I just, I always, always enjoy dark comedies. I guess there's been times where I've gone to my DVD shelf and, oh, Death and Spoochie. No, I'm not really in the mood for that. You know, dark comedies. Where do you come down to War of the Roses? War of the Roses? Oh, I hate it. I hate the movie. You hate the movie. <laughs> I do not like that movie. You're talking about the Michael Douglas. The, the, you know, the one with the penguin and uh, the original Ant-Man. And, uh, <laughs> Didn't like that movie. Jessica Rabbit. Didn't, didn't like that <laughs> <laughs> not, not a fan of that. I not mean, a it's, a, it's, a, it's a dark, it's a dark comedy. comedy. But I it's... Just, it, it, no, it's... For some reason, that's what I kind of associate as like my first exposure to the dark comedy genre, and I didn't like it either. And I've gone back and watched it several times trying to like it. I've watched dark just, comedies that I didn't like, but I typically do like dark comedies. So yeah, I just, that I, one I'm just, still kind of I'm not sure where I come down I may have been sometimes. too young when I watched that one to yeah, really kind be. of appreciate it. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again now. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, well, when we do... Beyond the Marvel heroes, you know. <laughs> Take that one up for Ant-Man. The original Ant-Man. The original yeah, Ant-Man. the original Ant-Man. <laughs> Hank Pym. Yes, yes. Uh, anything else about this one? I feel bad like we haven't really talked enough about Capaldi, but... I, Capaldi was... He, Capaldi he, he was... Missed, uh, he's, <laughs> And I, I've seen things where he's got a little bit more range, or he's a, he's a little more subdued, or he's he's a different character. And a couple of the, the shows that I, Paddington and, and Skins are probably the f- foremost for me. Well, the other like things Torchwood. that I had seen, you know, and Torchwood, yeah. So um, <laughs> that's what we should have done was done Children of Earth. Um, but oh, I see. I found what we should have done: John and Yoko, a love story. Yeah, he played George yeah. Harrison. Yeah. That was that's an old that's an old film. Yeah, though. from eighty five. Yeah. It's a yeah. TV movie. Did he played George Harrison. Yeah. I've actually seen that many years ago. We had that at uh, Duncan's Movie Magic, and uh, I watched that many many years ago. I had forgotten that, but now that you say that, I can see him. Yeah. He's not in it much though. So, 
Well, it's called John and Yoko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably in it as much as uh, Andrew Scott's in Linda Naked. Yeah, there you go. Does <laughs> so. Andrew Scott play George Harrison in Linda Naked? No, he plays Paul. <laughs> he plays Paul. Oh, right. Okay, he, he had a good Paul. All right, well, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, next week on the schedule, or should I say later this week, uh, for Friday Night Who, which again is our weekly Doctor Who tweet along, we're going to delve into the third Doctor's era, so some funky Pertwee, which uh, at Shock the Monkey will be happy about. Early funky Pertwee. Early funky Pertwee. Uh, we will do uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians. <laughs> Or as, as the hashtag will read, the Silurians. Just to shorten it more than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep telling yourself that. I, I'm going to put DW in this. So. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Although if you do Doctor Who and the Silurians and all in one hashtag, you, don't have to, you wouldn't have to do the separate Doctor Who hashtag. I don't know. That I do. Because it would still pop up in the Doctor Who hashtag search. You're right, it would. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hashtag Doctor Who anyway. It's a, it's a good thing to do because you people should, that might totally be searching. No, because I write too much that I can, that we've got thirty hashtags and I have to write two word sentences. Copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. No, no, no. I'm not it's worried about how many it's popping out. I just don't have any room to say the things limit. I want to say well, when have, I've got thirteen hashtags. You know, I'm sorry, Glenn, but I, I know you've had a lot of resistance. This good, <laughs> that funny. I know you've had a lot of resistance to cutting down this podcast from the three-hour length that we used to do. But you just have to rein it in, pal. <laughs> hashtag Tron joke. Hashtag Doctor Who. Hashtag Doctor Who and the Silurians. Hashtag Friday Night Who. Hashtag I just hashtagged something. I may have done that on occasion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like hashtags. Anyway, um... So uh, it's a long one, seven parts, so we're going to split it up. So is the hashtag. <laughs> it is, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Is that a Twitter joke? <laughs> uh, we're going to split it up and do the first four for Friday Night Who uh, uh, episodes of, uh, of that. And then uh, we will follow up with the next three episodes the following week. Now, as for the show, we will have something a little special planned for you uh, in the middle. Of course, again, we've already reviewed uh, the Silurians. It's been a while since we've seen it, but, but we've already reviewed it. Uh, so uh, we'll have a little something special for you uh, on uh, on the show for uh, the in-between week. And then the following week, for those of you that like to follow along and do homework, you got two weeks to read Lethbridge Stewart, The Grandfather Infestation by John Peel. Um, and then uh, the uh, next short story, uh, which is The Playing Dead by Adrian Sherlock, uh, which will be the uh, topic of our podcast that following week. And then uh, beyond that, we've got TopCon coming up, because we are, we are in our con season now, for sure. So um, we'll do the God Complex for uh, Friday Night Who, because... Top Gun's headline guest is Spencer Wilding, and he is in the God Complex as the uh, Minotaur, uh, one of many roles that uh, he has played uh, over the years, and one of three in Doctor Who, but unfortunately yep. we couldn't watch all three of them in one. I guess we could, but it'd that'd be, be a lot. That'd be a lot. So, Maybe if we started earlier. That's yeah, something to look at. Hashtag I zoned out there for a minute. Did you let, <laughs> did you let people know we're off next week? In we a roundabout way, we have something special planned. Yeah, is what I we're, said. We're actually going to. This is we're we're taking our first week off in more than five years. Uh, there will not be a regular show next week. We'll just be there out there and say. However, we will to. have something on the feeds for you. So you your your uh, uh, 
podcast feed will not go empty next weekend. So, but just be aware that we don't have an official episode next week. That's how people much people at home are going. Oh, what? <laughs> but no, it's it, but don't we love don't, you so don't much, worry. We're still going to give don't you worry. your we're traveling you, the vortex fix. We're giving you your fix. That's exactly right. <laughs> and that don't is, worry the show's not going away there's the no, show's not there's, going no to, there's no oh there, my there, god there's a they're reason gonna, they're going to dwindle down to a monthly podcast and then eventually they're going to go away no it's it we're actually just it, we it's time for us to take some time off and uh don't even got, say it like that because oh, really that, that no no too. it really is it really is though it, it's, it's time that we get a chance to take a break we get it we deserve it after five years um, but we but do that's have some, not the reason we're doing we do have some great great things we do have some great things planned for you so we are taking a week off to give us ourselves a break because we're working into con season and we've got a that's lot of that's the reason yeah, we're we've doing got a lot of things that, that, that we have off. to we have do uh, we have a lot of things that we have to plan for so well, yeah we don't get a break but we get a time off so we can do other things that so you're making it sound like we're going to be on a beach somewhere going well, i am but well, I'm gonna be i don't have mountain, to be here next so. week i'm going to be on a, i'm going to be a beach next week why not <laughs> bring me another pina colada <laughs> i can do that there too or this there all right, well, if you... Uh, <laughs> That's the beauty of audio, is I don't actually have to see you every week. That's true. We should have planned this out better. <laughs> if you want to make sure that we uh, continue to bring weekly uh, content, <laughs> be sure to visit our uh, website, travelingvortex.com, and on the uh, right hand... he's not actually spending the money going to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> on the right-hand side of the page, uh, there is a link to Patreon. If you can just support us on Patreon, we'd appreciate it. It does pay for the server, which we have that bill coming up very soon. And uh, if you are already a supporter, we do uh, uh, internally, eternally uh, grateful for that because uh, it does help. We're and, also internally grateful. Yeah, we're internally grateful as well. I don't know that I can actually say eternally grateful. I mean, I'm going you to just die. Just you just did. You just well, said I, it. I can't be eternally grateful. Oh, I'm going to die at some point. Well, and I'm I'll pretty be, sure at that point I will stop being I will, grateful. <laughs> listeners, I will even be grateful for you after I've gone. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, we also have some other links there Speak to... Speak for yourself. I plan to live forever. <laughs> we have some other links there to uh, some other uh, websites that you can purchase things, and some of the uh, proceeds to those come back into the show as well. So please support us It would be really there. cool for those of you coming to see us at TopCon or Time Eddie or one of the conventions, maybe next year's Planet Comic Con. It'd be really nice to look out in the audience and see some Traveling the Vortex t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, you can click on our spreadsheet spreadshirt show. Ah, Spread one of these shirt weeks, shop. It's too much of an alliteration. Spreadshirt shop, asses. and you can get uh, traveling vortex merchandise to wear to your favorite convention. Promote the show. That's right. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.